Good evening, and welcome back to day 20 of Spooktober on the Nerdifix. This is your host, Jade, giving you another thrilling story that will send a shiver up your spine. This episode, we will be reading a, another classic creepypasta story. And I hope this is something that some of you will recall. For anybody who are fans of SpongeBob SquarePants. So, for those who want to listen, sit back, relax, and get ready for your spooky fix. For this is Squidward's Suicide. saying, if you want an answer at the end, prepare to be disappointed. There just isn't one. I was an intern at Nickelodeon Studios for a year in 2005 for my degree in animation. It wasn't paid, of course. Most internships aren't. But it did have some perks beyond education. To adults, it might not seem like a big one, but most kids at the time would shit themselves over it. Now. Since I've worked directly with the editors and animators, I got to view the new episodes day before they aired. I'll get right to the point without getting big out too many unnecessary details. They have very recently made the SpongeBob movie, and the entire staff is sitting in salt of creativity, so it took them longer to start up the new season. But the delay lasted longer for more upsetting reasons. There was a problem with the Series 4 premiere that set everyone and everything back for several months. Me and two other interns were in the editing room, along with the lead animators and sound editors from Final Cut. We received the copy that was supposed to be Fear of a Crowded Patty, and gathered around the screen to watch. Now, given that this isn't final yet, animators often put up a mock title screen, sort of an inside joke for us. The phony oftentimes lewd titles such as How Sex Doesn't Work instead of Rock by Vival when SpongeBob and Patrick adopt a sea scallop. Nothing particularly funny, but work related chuckles. So when we saw the title card Squidward Suicide, we didn't think more than a morbid joke. One of the interns did a small room laugh at it. They have the good looking music plays as as normal. The story began with Squidward practicing his clarinet, hitting a few sour notes as normal. We hear SpongeBob laughing outside as Squidward stops, yelling at him to keep it down as he has a concert that night and needs to practice. SpongeBob says okay and goes to see Sandy with Patrick. The bubble splash screen comes up and we see the ending of Squidward's concert. This is when things began to seem off. While playing, a few frames repeat themselves, but the sound doesn't. At this point, sound is synced up with animation, so yes, that's not common. But when he stops playing, the sound finishes as if the skip never happened. There's a slight murmuring in the crowd before they began to boo at him. Not normal cartoon booing that is common in the show. But you could very clearly hear malice in it. 
Squidward's in full frame and looks visibly afraid. The shot goes to the crowd, with SpongeBob in center frame, and he too is booing. Very much unlike him. That isn't the oddest thing, though. What is odd is everyone has hyper-realistic eyes, very detailed, clearly not shots of real people's eyes, but something a bit more real like than CGI. The pupils were red. Some of us looked at each other, obviously confused, but since we weren't the writers, we didn't question its appeal to children yet. The shot goes to Squidward, sitting on the edge of his bed, looking very forlorn. The view out of his porthole window is of a night sky, so it isn't very long after the concert. The unsettling part is at this point, there is no sound. Literally no sound. Not even the feedback from the speakers in the room. As if the speakers were turned off though their status showed them working perfectly. He just sat there, blinking, in the silence for about 30 seconds. Then he started to sob softly. He put his tentacles over his eyes and started crying quietly for a full minute more. All the while, a sound in the background very slowly grow growing from nothing to barely audible. It sounded like a slight breeze through a forest. The screen slowly begins to zoom in on his face. By slow, I mean it's noticeably as if you look at shots ten seconds apart side by side. His sobs get louder, more full of hurt and anger. The screen then twitches a bit, as if it twists on in on its own. For a split second, then back to normal. The wind through the trees sound gets slowly louder and more severe, as if a storm is brewing somewhere. The eerie part is that the sound and Squidward sobbing sounded real, as if the sound wasn't coming from the speakers, but as if the speakers were holes the sound was coming through from the other side. As good as sound as the studio likes to have, they don't purchase the equipment to be that good to produce sound of that quality. Below the sound of the wind and sobbing, very faint, something sounded like laughing. It came from odd intervals and never lasted more than a second, so you had a hard time pinning it. We watched this show twice, so part of me and things sounded too specific, but I've had to but, I ha but I've had, had time to think about them. After 30 seconds of this, the screen blurred and twitched violently, and something flashed over the screen, as if single frame was replaced. The lead animation editor paused and rewound frame by frame. What we saw was horrible. It was a still photo of a dead child. He couldn't have been more than six years old. The face was mangled and bloody. One eye dangled over his upturned face. Popped. He was naked down to his underwear. His stomach crudely cut open and his entrails laying beside him. He was laying on some pavement that was probably a road. The most upsetting part 
was that there was a shadow of a photographer. There was no crime tape, no evidence, tags, or markers, and the angle was completely off for a shot designed to be evidence. It would seem that the photographer was the person responsible for the child's death. We were, of course, mortified, but pressed on, hoping that it was just a sick joke. The screen flipped back to Squidward, still sobbing, louder than before, and half-body in frame. There was now what appeared to be blood running down his face from his eyes. The blood was also done in hyper-realistic style, looking as if you touched it, you'd get blood on your fingers. The wind sound now, sounded now as if they, it were that of a gale blowing through the forest. There were even snapping sounds of branches, laughing, deep, a deep baritone lasting on longer intervals and coming more frequently. After about 20 seconds, the screen again twisted and showed a single frame photo. The editor was reluctant to go back. We all were, but he knew he had to. This time, the photo was that of what appeared to be a little girl, no older, older than the first child. She was laying on her stomach, her barrettes in a pool of blood next to her. The left eye was too popped out and and popped, naked except for her underpants. Her entrails were piled on top of her, above above another crude cut along her back. Again, the body was on the street, and the photographer's shadow was visible, very similar in size and shape to the first one. I had to choke back vomit, and the one intern, the only female in the room, ran out. The show resumed. About five seconds after the second photo played, Squibble was silent, as did all sound, like it was when the scene started. He put his tentacles down, and his eyes were now done in hyper-realism, like the others were in the beginning of the episode. They were bleeding, bloodshot, and pulsating. He just stared at the screen, as if watching the viewer. After about ten seconds, he started sobbing, this time not covering his eyes. The sound was piercing and loud, and most fear-inducing of all is his sobbing was mixed with screams. Tears and blood were dripping down his face at a heavy rate. The wind sound came back, and so did that deep voice laughing. And this time, the still photo lasted for a good five frames. The animator was about able to stop it on the floor and back up. This time, the photo was the head of a boy, about the same age, but this time, the scene was different. The entrails were just being pulled out from the stomach wound by a large hand, the right eye popped and dangling, blood trickling down it. The animator proceeded. It was hard to believe. But the next one was different, but we couldn't tell what. He went to the next thing, when, same thing. He went back to the first and played them quicker, and I lost it. I vomited on the floor. The animating and sound editors gasped at the screen. The five frames were not as if they were five different photos. They were played out as if they were frames from a video. We saw the hand slowly lift 
out the guts. We saw the kid's eyes focused on it. We even saw two frames of a kid of the kid blink beginning to blink. The lead sound editor told us to stop. He had to call the creator to see to see this. Mr. Hillenberg arrived within about fifteen minutes. He was confused as to why he was called down there. So the editor just continued the episode. Once the few frames were shown, all screaming, all sound again stopped. Spiller was just staring at the viewer. Full frame of the face for about three seconds. The shot quickly panned out, and that deep voice said, We see in Squibbert's hands a shotgun. He immediately puts the gun in his mouth and pulls the trigger. Realistic blood and brain matter splatters the wall behind him in his bed, and he flies back with force. The last five seconds of the episode shows his body on the bed, on his side, one eye dangling from what his left of his head above the floor, staring blankly at it. Then the episode ends. Mr. Hillenberg is obviously angry about this. He demanded to know what the hell was going on. Most people left the room at this point, so it was just a handful of us to watch it again. Viewing the episode twice only served to imprint the entirety of it in my mind and caused me to have horrible nightmares. I'm sorry I stayed. The only theory we could think of was the file was edited by someone in a chain from the drawing studio to there, to here. The CTO was called in to analyze what, when it happened. The analysis of the file did show that it was edited over by new material. However, the timestamp of it was a mere 24 seconds before we began viewing it. All equipment involved was examined for foreign software and hardware, as well as glitches, as if the timestamp may have glitched and showed the wrong time, but everything checked out fine. We don't know what happened, and to this day, nobody does. There was an investigation due to the nature of the photos, but nothing came of it. No child's scene was identified, and no clues were gathered from the data involved, nor physical clues in the photos. I never believed in unexplainable phenomena before, but now that I have seen, but now that I have something happen, and I can't prove anything about it beyond anecdotal evidence. I think twice about things. And that was Squidward's Suicide Creepypasta. I do apologize if I did slip up a little bit, but I hope you enjoyed my reading of this classic story. For anybody who survived to the end, I congratulate you. Stick around for tomorrow, for there will be a much scarier story than the last. 
And to end this episode, whether or not you believe in the term nerd or not, keep loving what makes you, you, and stay awesome. Thank you so much for sticking by on the Nerd Picks. This is your host, Jade, as I disappear into the night.